Hello, and welcome to Longevity Now, the place for all your news and views of life extension from around the world. In this episode, we examine one of the aspects of life extension that unfortunately remains in the shadows, so to speak, or off the radar screen of popular culture, except for a very small but passionate group of supporters who continue to propel it forward, and that is cryonics. A pair of passionate supporters currently operates Advanced Neurobiosciences in Portland, Oregon, in the U.S. I was lucky enough to get an interview with one of the founders, Chana DeWolf. Listen to find out a little bit more about Chana's background, advanced neurobiosciences, and the longevity-funded cryonics research they will perform. Good evening, Chana, and welcome to Longevity Now. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. First off, could you tell the audience just a little bit about yourself and your background in cryonics? Well, my name is Chana DeWolf, and I was born and raised in East Texas. Somehow I made it out of there and wound up with the first college degree in my family in experimental psychology, concentrating in cognitive neuroscience. From there, I went to get my master's degree in neuroscience and started some doctoral work, although I didn't complete that degree in neurophysiology. I left my doctoral program at the University of Texas at Dallas uh, around January, I think, of 2006 and was soon thereafter found in Arizona working at Alcor Life Extension Foundation as a contract researcher by April of that same year. Um, oh, so I wound up... did you answer an ad from Alcor that, that uh, got you interested in the cryonics? No, I did not. Oh. Um, I wound up out there because of a friend and fellow cryonicist, Todd Huffman, who had worked at Alcor in the past and was very actively and still is very actively involved in standby and stabilization as well as some research. I'd already been interested in cryonics for some time. Um, we kind of found out about it together uh, when I was in grad school and had similar interests. And okay. I eventually wound up out in, in Arizona and was nearby Alcor. I was in Phoenix. So I uh, started hanging out with people in the cryonics field um, and Alcor employees in particular and given my background, uh, neuroscience and having some experience, very minimal at that time, but still some experience with perfusion, et cetera, uh, wound up being a good fit. So, oh, okay. And then, and um, then how did you uh, go from Alcor then to starting advanced neurobiosciences? Uh, well, I met the love of my life, Ashwin DeWolf, <laughs> while I was at Alcor. Okay. Uh, he was employed by Suspended Animation at the time we met at the 2006 Alcor Conference. And we got married six months later. It was a, cryonics, a sort of cryonics-themed wedding, in fact. We were married by um, the Society for Venturism, which is um, a 501c3 registered yes. uh, cryonics oh, religious organization. Yeah. Um, we even had liquid nitrogen uh, ice cream at our wedding. So. <laughs> Made by Hugh Hickson, so um, lots of fun there, but uh, we knew we didn't want to stay in Phoenix for a lot of reasons. We started looking around at where we wanted to live, and we landed on Portland, and we decided we wanted to live our lives to be happy and come here and do what we could for cryonics in the place we really wanted to live. So we came up here and started advanced neurobiosciences and started doing our own research. Longevity has raised some seed money for advanced neurobiosciences to do some cryonics research. Could you give us some of the basics of that project? I want to preface an outline of this project with just a concise explanation of what our goal as a research organization in cryonics is. And 
uh, that is to do realistic cryonics research. Very briefly by that, I mean that unlike cryonics research historically, um, which has been conducted under very controlled laboratory conditions, and of course we do control our laboratory conditions as well, but what I mean is we try to reflect how cryonics happens in the field. So not too much tinkering um, with protocols that can't be reproduced in the field anyway. Um, So with that in mind, there's been a lot of cryonics research or a lot of research in cryonics that hasn't been performed that we know happens that way in the field. One of those things is the effects of delayed blood washout. So in, for example, an instance in which standby and stabilization doesn't occur immediately and there is a period of warm ischemia and or cold ischemia before washout can occur, what are the effects of that delay on both perfusion of the brain and ultimately ice formation in the brain. So that is the general outline of what we're proposing to investigate here. And you're going to use a mouse model for this? A rat model. Uh, A rat model. And then could you give us a little more granular detail on how perfusion success will be measured or how the washout success will be measured? We're going to use ice formation as an endpoint, and that's important for a couple of reasons. There has been some research performed in the past by a previous researcher at Cryonics Institute, Yuri Pachugin, that has established uh, quite persuasively that viability of the brain drops to zero after 24 or 48 hours of cold bloodless ischemia. So even with washout and a prolonged cold storage period, viability is no longer a feasible endpoint. So our endpoint is ice formation. It's more useful because that is where we do see meaningful differences between leaving the blood in and removing it. So that is our primary endpoint where where we're looking to to measure differences in uh, the amount and the location of ice formation in the brain. Mm -hmm. Okay, in your rat model. Yes, and we do also look at perfusion impairment as well before cryopreserving the brains. Okay. And then if this initial research goes well, uh, I know it's just a little bit of seed money here to get it started. What would be the next step if uh, you could get more funding? The next step would probably be to do EMs, electron micrographs of samples in our different protocols, just to get some uh, structural information about these brains as well. Okay. And it would be a larger sample of uh, rats that you'd be using um, if you had more funding. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, even more funding just means more numbers as well. We've already done some preliminary work along these lines. gives us an idea of what might be going on. But uh, when I say preliminary, I mean ends of one at each time point. Okay. (laughs) And then, you know, just more generally about cryonics, what are the most positive trends you've seen in cryonics lately? Oh, gosh, I guess just the uh, growing interest of young people, which is always, a, that's a huge need in cryonics. And not just young people, but young people who are very much involved in research and the sciences, who quite possibly can make a, a major contribution to all of cryonics long-term goals. Okay. So some younger people that you've seen anyway in your sphere uh, getting involved uh, but still, cryonics is a pretty fringe concept to most people of the world. In your opinion, why would that be so? Even among you know rational, so-called intellectuals, you know they seem to pr- sometimes provide the stiffest illogical critiques. At I know, times. I know. Yes, that, that definitely is the case. And in fact, it's the is biggest. It, is it an age thing that just occurred to me now? You know, you say you see more no, younger people getting involved. I don't 
think so. No, I, I think that might be changing a little, but I still think that regardless of age, uh, our biggest stumbling blocks aren't technical. They're they're social, and that's generally due to a fear of the future and or alienation. Okay. Um, so uh, you know, the more people, more families who get involved, the the less of a problem that becomes. But that's very hard to do. And besides your perfusion and washout experiments that you're uh, doing now with rats, what research is in most dire need of funding, would you say, for cryonics? Well, I think our research strongly supports the idea of of standby and that it is of the essence to minimize uh, the delay between cardiac arrest and start of cryonics procedures. So not to, not to sound like uh, all, all funding should go to, to us, of course, but any kind of research that more realistically models cryonics as it's practiced and can give us better ideas of whether what we're doing works or not needs to be funded immediately. Okay. So field vitrification is a huge, is a huge part of that, um, yeah. moving towards field vit- vitrification. And if that can't happen, then we need not even research base. You can fund the creation of uh, more satellite facilities around the country so that we can make those the things that we do know work more feasible. Okay. And then, of course, being involved in cryonics, you're obviously interested in healthy life extension. Uh, what do you personally do to stay healthy? Goodness, that's... That's a good question. I exercise regularly. Ashwin and, and, and I um, exercise together mostly at home. He calls it Chana School. <laughs> <laughs> we both eat as healthy as possible. We both are members of 23andMe, which is a, I'm sure your listeners already know. SNP um, testing company. Yes, right? yeah. exactly. SNP testing company, um, which has been extremely informative for both of us. And in terms of diet, Ashwin in particular practices something uh, closely akin to caloric restriction, although probably can't technically be called that. I, on the other hand, have an insane metabolism and I, I can't do anything like that. So my, hmm. uh, I'm still trying to figure out what, what is healthiest for me. Okay. And lastly, is there anything you would like to promote, a conference perhaps, or any books or papers that you'll be publishing or maybe something you would want to recommend reading? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Of course, there is the 40th anniversary Alcor conference coming up in October at which yeah. Ashwin and I will be speaking. And we also have a nonprofit organization, the Institute for Evidence-Based Cryonics, that will be having a brain aging conference uh, here in Portland, Oregon, sometime in, I believe, June, June or July. Okay. Sorry, I don't have the exact dates on, on that for you. All right. Well, wonderful. Chana, I want to thank you very much for coming with us on a little tour of cryonics here on Longevity Now. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me. And a big thank you to Chana for giving us a little more insight into current cryonics research. We wish advanced neurobioscience as much success in advancing the state-of-the-art in real perfusion and suspension techniques. And look forward to updates on the longevity-funded research. If things go well, perhaps more cooperation is in our future. Until next time, I'm Justin Lowe.